now with the latest from the world of technology this is the tech guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 229. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. First time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com. On this week's show, federal court orders ISPs to block piracy sites. Amazon Prime Video launches in Australia and what it takes to become a licensed drone pilot. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at Apple's new AirPods, Netgear's new Orbi Home Wi-Fi system and the Under Armour Health Box. And we're going to finish it off, as we always do, with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's get cracking. Well, the Australian Federal Court has handed down a landmark ruling ordering Australia's internet service providers to block download sites, also known as torrent sites, because they've been identified as uh, being copyright infringers. So they've uh, had copyright infringement uh, identified as being the objective of those sites, uh, the, the sites where you can download movies and TV shows. Uh, the case is it comes at the end of the case brought by film distributors Village Roadshow and Foxtel, the pay TV company. And the ruling from the federal court means that uh, in within 15 days, and this, this ruling is now almost a week old, so within less than a, in about a week, you're going to see sites like Pirate Bay and Torrents and Torrent Hound, ISO Hunt, and similar sites that offer torrents to the latest movies and TV shows are now going to be blocked to Australian users. What that means is that the internet service providers... Uh, as a result of this case, have been instructed by the federal court to block their customers' access to these sites that I've just named. The whole reason behind this is obviously to protect to protect content and content rights, and it, it's obvious that Village Roadshow, which is a film distributor, and uh, content is their bread and butter. So creating content and making money from that content is is their is their name of the game, is their objective. And these torrent sites presented a real threat to that industry. It is if someone downloads a torrent for free, rather than renting a movie or streaming the movie or, or buying the movie, then it's stealing. 
and it's affecting the industry, not only here, but around the world. So this is the first time that a judgment of this type has been enforced, or well, the ruling has enforced the uh, the blocking of these piracy sites. Now, you may cast your mind back a couple of years ago when the producers of the film Dallas Buyers Club, the Oscar-winning film uh, for Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto, they both won Oscars uh, for that film, they were in Australia and uh, their case was against IINet and their customers accessing and illegally downloading the film. So uh, that really sort of rattled, rattled everyone here, including uh, regular consumers who thought that the use of torrent sites and downloading files was uh, a, an innocent crime, was, was something that, that everyone did and that had no real effect on the industry. Well, I think that was a bit of a wake-up call for a lot of people, not that anyone was, uh, was targeted or fined, but it did really bring to everyone's attention the importance of protecting uh, uh, copyright right but the importance of protecting content so fast forward two years to today and the federal court now enforcing this implementation that was suggested a couple of years ago by the government at the time who said that yes uh, we do need to to do something about this blocking access to these internets to these to these pirates piracy sites these torrent sites so now if you do try to access these block sites or in, in a few days, you'll see a warning displayed to remind you that this site can no longer be visited. And what's going to happen, I think the internet service providers will pay uh, the costs to block the sites. I think it's going to be like a $50 compliance cost. Um, sorry, Village Roadshow and Foxtel will pay the ASP, ISP uh, $50 compliance costs. So for every banned domain name, Foxtel has to pay each of the ISPs $50 as a compliance cost. So uh, this is happening. It's real. So you're gonna, if you think you're going to get away with downloading movies and TV shows, then uh, you're in for a bit of a shock if you do go to these torrent sites. But it comes at a time when there's more opportunity now to watch content legally. I think it's important to note that the whole reason that people illegally download content is because they love the content so much that they, there was no alternative for them to access it. Now with Netflix and Stan and, and Amazon Prime Video, which we'll talk about in a minute, now there is access to so much content in a timely manner and at an affordable price that I think piracy was on, on the way down anyway. It's not going to be completely... Uh, completely uh, deleted there's still going to be people who will will download files illegally in fact the sites that we mentioned the pirate bay all, all these torrent sites could very well just simply change their domain name server their dns servers and that will no longer be blocked by the government it's, it's going to be a little bit of a cat and mouse game i, I predict where these sites can possibly be accessed through a different place and even customers, even users with their browsers and virtual private networks can also probably dodge these restrictions as well. So it is going to be something that, that we're not going to hear the last of. It's going to be a constant battle to keep these piracy sites under control and away from, from customers or here in Australia, from users here in Australia, from accessing them. Because there has been a ruling, a federal court ruling, no less, to, to do that.
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. We'll be keeping an eye on the whole story here at Tech Guide, and we'll we'll let you know with our, any updates that we get. But at the moment, that is the ruling. And within days, these sites: Pirate Bay, ISO Hunt, Torrents, Torrent Hound, Solar Movie, a streaming site, are all going to be blocked to Australian users through your internet service provider. All internet service providers will have to comply. This is the ruling. So if you have any ideas on downloading content illegally, it's just going to get a lot, lot harder in the next few days. If you want to read that story and uh, read uh, read some quotes from uh, Foxtel, one of, the, one of the winning parties in the case, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, we've heard already of Netflix. It's been around for about 18 months and been a huge success here. Stan, another streaming streaming uh, video, subscription video on demand service. Uh, Presto is uh, about to end its, uh, I think, early early next year. You'll, you'll no longer be seeing Presto. That was the other streaming, uh, the subscription video on demand service. But uh, there is another another kid on the block, and this is Amazon Prime Video. They've just launched in Australia as part of a global push to more than 200 countries around the world. Uh, this uh, Amazon is already a, quite a big player in the US. Amazon Prime is a membership service that gives Amazon customers added benefits like uh, free shipping uh, in the US in some parts, uh, other services like access to video content like this Amazon Prime service, well, this actual Amazon Prime service. So uh, the service has now gone around the world and arrived in Australia, and it is a similar setup to what you're going to see with Stan and Netflix. Maybe not as much content to begin with, but uh, at, at such an affordable price, and by that I mean US dollars, $2.99 a month for the first six months, and then after that, it's going to jump to the price of five ninety nine US dollars. So, uh, and that's a you can do a free seven day trial to check out the service. But it is all about the content. It is, it's not simply a matter of just collecting subscription video on demand services and hoping that there's going to be some good stuff to watch there. What what is the jewel in the crown for the Amazon Prime Video is the Grand Tour, which is the uh, the guys from from Top Gear. You're talking Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. The Grand Tour is their version of the their old show Top Gear. Uh, it is now a, a, a featured program on Amazon. Uh, it's an original Amazon program. And one of the reasons why many customers are signing up straight away to access the service. But on top of that, other original content uh, is a show called The Man in the High Castle, Mozart in the Jungle, Hand of God, uh, among many others. This is a, a Amazon original content that has, has been a hit around the world and will no doubt be popular here in Australia. And it will uh, be attractive to people who are looking to sign up to a new service that offers them all this new content. And, and, and when, you, when you look at the amount of content, content being produced, like original content being produced, it's only going to get bigger. Take a look at Netflix and all the original content that they make just to stream on Netflix. Not only are you seeing TV shows, you're also seeing movies, movies made for Netflix. And and with with pretty big like comedy stars, I've seen Ricky Gervais, Adam Sandler, Kevin James. They're they're making. They might not be the best films in the world, but they are made for Netflix for you to watch 
uh, as, as, as whenever you like. So the, the power of that service, the the sheer size of that service, has warranted the the creation of all that original content. Same thing for Stan. The Stan's got a lot of original shows that they're creating, a lot of Australian programming. Amazon is no different. Amazon Prime Video. Uh, is uh, uh, available right now, and those original st- uh, those original shows that I mentioned uh, are going to come with it. And how you watch it is you download the Amazon Prime Video app. You can download it on iOS and Android. Uh, you can either watch it then on your smartphone or tablet, or stream it to your TV with either Chromecast or with Apple TV. And if you are a Samsung or LG smart TV owner. Have a look in your TV's app store. You will be a, have a little surprise and maybe find that the Amazon Prime Video app is there too. So you'll be able to watch it on your TV, no different to how you'd watch Stan or Netflix. So uh, if you want to get into that, you can check it out. But if you want to start your seven-day free trial, I've created a link on techguideprimevideo.com. But if you want to check out the story and that link to start your free seven-day trial, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, the, the drone industry, the unmanned aerial vehicle industry, which is a more accurate way of describing these, these the craft, is really expanding. And we're talking not only about uh, cinematography and aerial photography, but you, you, there are so many other things that drones are going to be used for. And we're already seeing this summer in Australia, uh, drones being used to, to inspect beaches uh, for, for shark inspections. And uh, there's also use for, in emergency, for emergency services. Uh, there, there is uh, an area of, of the drone industry that uh, is involved in industrial inspections, like inspecting bridges and towers and doing all kinds of things. There's even been talk of doing things like uh, deliveries with, with drones. There have been a few cases where that's actually taken place. But the point is that the, the drone industry is only going to get bigger and uses for drones are only going to increase. Many of these these uses we probably haven't even thought of yet. Uh, the size of this industry is growing rapidly, which means it does, it does pay to uh, it, it would do do you uh, no harm in becoming a licensed drone pilot, and that is exactly what I have done. I have completed a course where I'm now a remote pilot. I have my remote pilot license. I've also got my Australian radio operator certificate, so I can talk to uh, aerodrome towers and other aircraft. Uh, as a result of completing this course, I did the course through UAV Air, uh, and it was a seven-day course. It's their Certificate Three course, and it was out at Carmsley Hill. This was uh, at a place that Carmsley Hill called City Farm. The the Sydney course has happened to be there, so I had to turn up every day at nine a.m. out at Carmsley Hill. And I was one of eight students in the class, all men. I, I don't know, no, no real reason why there were no women. I'm not sure. It just happened to be maybe that course. But uh, in my particular class, there was all, it was all men. And uh, it was for the Certificate 3 Aviation Remote Pilot Visual Line of Sight License, which means flying a drone but keeping it within view, visual line of sight. Now, the training course... Uh, went, as I said, for seven days, and I have to say I was really surprised at how much we had to learn 
to get our license. One, one of the students in the class was actually a flight instructor, like a pilot, and even he's commented to, to say that uh, that the amount of material we had to learn and, and digest in that short space of time is the same material that, that that actual pilots have to learn as well. Now, during the course, we had five hours of instructed piloting of a UAV. Uh, we were all given, for the course, a, a DJI Phantom Four to fly. So at the start of the week, we all were assigned a drone. Each drone had a different name, and we had to keep track of a log and log our hours that we flew, log the battery that we used and things like that, sort of taught us our habits of flying the drone not only well but also safely. There was a checklist, a pre-flight and post-flight checklist, uh, and there were also a, a, a big, thick book, a big folder of learning materials. Like we, there, were, there was information that we had to learn uh, that not only included the uh, the general laws of aviation, the uh, Civil Aviation Safety Authority's rules and regulations, but also we had to learn things like reading maps and charts and knowing uh, all about different airspace. Uh, we also had to do uh, to to learn quite a lot about uh, battery safety and management because when you think about it, the drone uh, that's the that's the drone's fuel is the battery. It's like a pilot learning to manage their fuel. Without fuel, you can't fly. Exactly the same thing applies for the drone. Without a without battery power, you can't fly. So being able to manage your batteries, learning how 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 to manage them, how to transport them, uh, and and just to get the to to get a longer life out of them, uh, and the safety precautions you need to take the the limits you need to set on the battery to ensure that you're not left stranded with a with a critically low battery out in the out in the middle of the ocean or in, above water uh, things like that where we were taught uh, these procedures and and best practices to fly professionally but also safely as well uh, we also had to do things like uh, learn about meteorology uh, learn about the actual craft themselves, the aerodynamics and how they work, redundancies and things like that, uh, best charging methods uh, for the batteries, uh, and, and all, of course, learning uh, how to talk on the radio. So part of it was getting our aeronautical radio operator certificate. Uh, that was almost a complete day within the course where we had to learn uh, various things on, on how to speak, how, what information you need to provide, how to read information too. Uh, when you're listening, into towers and automated services, you had to learn what all that stuff meant. And just looking at it, you're thinking, what the hell does that mean? But we soon learned that to make sense of all that information that included wind speed and directions and times and things like that. So it did help help uh, understand all that information. So that if we needed to apply that ourselves or to, to monitor a certain area where we uh, could possibly be flying, uh, it, it, was, it was great to have that information. Now, what really surprised me about the course was it wasn't all about flying. It was more about safety and being responsible and just not taking any chances uh, with, with the UAV. Uh, there, there is, just like any other, if you're, if you're learning to be a pilot, safety is obviously a massive, massive part of it, a very most important part of it, uh, is, is learning all that stuff and putting it into practice as well. So safety, communication, and being able to, to see where and when we were able to fly 
our drone because if uh, now now with I've got my remote pilot's license, I'm I'm able now to set up uh, a business if I wanted to fly the drone professionally. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, well, I can just buy a drone and make money. Well. You not you you can't really because if you were a professional drone pilot, you'd not only need well having a license is desirable, but also necessary if you wanted to insure yourself. You need liability insurance if you were to be a drone operator, a professional drone operator, whether you're a photographer, whether you're inspecting assets, whatever you happen to be doing. First thing a company is going to do when they hire you or before they hire you is ask, are you insured? And the only way you can get insurance to be insured as a drone pilot is with a remote pilot license and with an ARN, an aviation registration number, which I have as well. So you need that information. You need that qualification to be able to set yourself up and, and fly the drone not only professionally but also safely uh, with, with insurance uh, and all done by the book. So uh, it, it was a really interesting course. At the end of the seven days, we had to do not only learn all the material, we also had to fly uh, five hours, uh, instructed flying. But then we also had to do a written test. And then at the, on the very last day, we had to pass a flight test where we were flying our Phantom 4s in GPS mode, which is easy because uh, in GPS mode, the drone just sits there. But most of the tests we had to do in ATI mode, which is manual mode. And if there's a bit of wind, a wind about, you've got to be controlling, you've got to be on the sticks and controlling it, compensating it for, for, for that wind. Uh, so some of the flight tests involved us flying over cones and turning around, changing the orientation, staying within the, within the cones, flying out to a point, flying back to a point in ADI mode, landing where we, was, we were asked to land. So it was a pretty stringent test. Uh, a lot of things we had to fly in different circuits and at different altitudes, uh, different orientations as well. So flying with the nose pointing forward, the nose pointing sideways, left and right. So it was quite involved. And I, I, again, I'll say I was so surprised at the amount of detail, the amount of, of, of things we just had to learn to fly drones safely. And, and it just, it really, it, it surprises me that there are people who think they can just walk in and buy a drone and just go fly it wherever they want, take photos. But there is so much you need to know uh, to fly a drone safely. So much information that you need to know. Things like not being able to fly within 30 metres of houses, roads or people. Uh, being Not flying within five and a half kilometres of, of a controlled airspace like Sydney Airport, for example. There you'd be surprised to see people within that five and a half kilometre range flying drones and not realising they're actually breaking the law and that they could face a $9,000 fine from the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. So it it, uh, it does pay to learn to be qualified to do these things. If you want to do this professionally, then naturally you need to do this course. Now, the course costs $3,995. Uh, but for for that, you do get uh, all the uh, documentation, all the uh, payments for to apply for your pilot license and apply for your radio operator certificate. That's all paid for, uh, and of course, you, you're paying for the the instructor's time. We had two great instructors uh, who were there the whole week, uh, every day for seven days. So the course started on a Monday and went every day till the Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seven days in a row. Nine till four thirty. By the end of that seven days, I was told that I, I passed the test. I passed my flight test, passed everything. But I was told now you've got your L plates. 
for you to get your P plates, you need to practice even more. So even at the end of a course like that, and I'm holding our remote pilot's license, I still have a lot to learn. I've got a few hours flight time, like several hours flight time, but it's it's always, you're always learning. That was the message. And always fly safely. That was the greater message as well. If you want to read more about the UAV Air Cert 3, the Certificate 3 course, and my experience of doing it, you can check the story out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And you can meet Orbi. We're actually going to be talking about Orbi in the review section. It's the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review for this week is Apple's AirPods. Now, these were the the devices, the AirPods were unveiled the same day as the iPhone 7 launch, so back in September. Uh, but it's taken a couple of months for them to come to market, and they are finally here, and we got our hands on them. Now, the AirPods are wire-free headphones, and by that I mean uh, there are no cables at all. I know you've heard of wireless earphones, Bluetooth earphones. They have a cable. They might not have a cable connecting to a phone or or any other device, but there's a cable running from one earbud to the other. The AirPods do not have those cables. There are no cables at all. So each earpiece is separate. There's no cable connecting them. Uh, now, the, the AirPods look just like Apple's regular earphones that they include in, in the iPhones. Uh, the only thing missing, of course, is the cable. So they're, they're basically the same shape. Uh, the only thing different is a couple of sensors placed on board. They look like little black dots on on the, on the devices. Uh, but they also come to in a magnetic case. Now, the case not only stores them, but it also keeps them charged. There's a battery on board. So whenever they're inside and there's battery power uh, on the onboard battery, then the AirPods are being charged. Uh, the, the sensors on board, so when you're wearing these, uh, they can detect when they're sitting in your ear and when they've been removed. So if they're sitting in your ear, it can actually stop the music. And when you take them, sorry, when you take them out of your ear, it stops the music. When you put it back in, it detects it's back in your ear and it resumes again. Now, what's really cool about this, apart from the design, the design looks looks really great. The case is really well done. A little magnet, actually. When you, when you put the case, uh, the earpieces back in the case, a little magnet sucks it back inside. So it's securely uh, in there, not going to go anywhere. But the uh, and and people are worrying about the design. They're scared because there's no cables connecting them that they may lose them. 
well, we for our review, we, we took it for a run. We were walking, doing all kinds of things with them. And they actually fit in quite snugly. And it's funny because the things that forces earphones out of your ear is often the cable. You think about it, the cable sometimes catches on your clothes, maybe forces, puts a bit of pressure on the earpiece, it drops out. Even when you're turning your head with, with the wireless cable behind your neck, I put the, that cable behind my neck, so the cable that connects the two earbuds, sometimes when you turn your head, that cable might catch on your collar or something like that, and it just puts pressure on that earpiece to maybe pop out. Well, we had no such issue with the AirPods. Uh, they stayed in there, didn't, weren't going to drop out at all. So people have said to me, goes, oh, what happens if you lose them, if you if if you drop them, uh, well, I don't think you're going to do that. Well, it's it's not because you 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 won't lose an earpiece because they they're too loose in your ears. They actually fit quite securely. But in the event if you do lose one, it's a it's a you can actually get a replacement for ninety nine bucks. Now the whole thing costs two twenty nine. If you lose one, you can get a replacement for ninety nine dollars. Now, how do you pair these to your iPhone? This is one of the wonders of this device. There's a W1 chip on board. So all that, all you need to do to pair it is to bring it close to your iPhone or iPad, whatever device, and a little picture appears and you just connect it. Simple as that. Done and dusted. That one connection then goes up to iCloud and authorizes your other devices. So if you've got a MacBook, if you've got an iPad, if you've got an iMac, in your Bluetooth menu will now be your ear, your AirPods. So you can easily connect to them on other devices. And once once paired, uh, and the, the, that's it, they will connect in, in one. As soon as they're taken out of the case, they, they pair instantly. You don't have to keep doing that each time. They just, you, you, once you take them out of the case, you hear a little sound, and that means it's connected. Now, the case itself, it's pretty small. It fits both of them really snugly, but there is that battery on board. So you charge through a little lightning port on the bottom of the, of the case. You charge the internal battery, and then when the, the earpieces are sitting inside the case, they then get charged as well. Uh, and one thing you can do, battery lasts about up to five hours, which is pretty solid, but if you are running a bit low on power, you can just pop the earpieces into the case for 15 minutes, and if they're charging for 15 minutes, you're going to get in up to three hours of listening time, which is a great little quick charging uh, bit there. Now, how do they sound, though? The audio quality. Well, after your little surprise on the size and the design and the ease in which you can pair it to your phone, the other thing that will delight you is the audio quality. It is surprisingly good. I, I was really surprised at how good these sounded. I, I knew that Apple earphones punched above their weight, but these wireless, Air, the AirPods uh, really sounded great. Great clarity, nice, nice touch of bass, not not too high a maximum volume. A lot of people, I, don't, I know this, you probably hear these people on the train, on the bus, whatever, you can hear their headphones and earphones from, from three metres away. That that won't be an issue with the AirPods. The, the highest volume was okay for us. May not be for some other listeners. They may like a little bit more volume to their music, so they may not like that part of the AirPods. Also, the bass, I think, is nicely done, not too heavy. Uh, again, if you do like the over-the-top heavy bass, then you need to look elsewhere because the AirPods deliver a, a nice subtle sound as well as all your booms and crashes and all your cymbals and everything that you'd hear in all kinds of music at all levels. 
but it is done subtly and and uh, even at the highest volume it's not going to turn you uh, turn you deaf uh, after a little bit of use that's what i liked about it. a nice balanced sound that wasn't too far over the top gave great clarity nice bass level and not too loud uh, so audio quality big tick from me but these devices, you can not only listen to stuff, you can also, uh, there's also a microphone on board, so you can make and receive calls. So this pairs to your iPhone, and during my review, I answered, made and answered several calls on my iPhone while I was wearing the AirPods. And to each of those people, about half a dozen people that I spoke to, all said the same thing. I said, how am I sounding? Does it sound clear? He goes, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like you're talking right into the iPhone. Well, I said, well, I'm not actually. I'm talking through the AirPods. Uh, the AirPods have a actually a dual directional microphone. So it can, well, your voice is, uh, is the directional mic can pick up your voice. So uh, you, you, your, your mouth is obviously down below your, in the direction of your chin. The AirPods are facing in that direction. So what happens, the microphone is directional towards your mouth and it picks up you, whatever you say really clearly. So your calls are really clear. Even if you want to also, you can talk to Siri with, with the microphone as well. So even if you're in a really loud environment, like I was in the middle of a shopping center during full of Christmas shoppers, and I was still able to talk to Siri quite clearly. Now, there are no controls on the outside of thing. Apart from the double tap, you double tap on the, on the outside of either of the earpieces, and that will activate Siri. So all you need to do to control your music is double tap, uh, go forward one track or go back a track or play Empire of the Sun or whatever you want to do. They're the, all the controls you need or turn up the volume, turn down the volume. It'll do that for you as well. You don't even need to touch your phone. So there no need to have a control, any controls on the device at all. So good to go right there. So Siri was really handy. Um, the only what happened a couple of times is that we adjusted the earpieces and adjusted it pretty hard, and that that was almost the the earpieces recognised that as a double tap, and then it activated Siri, but happened only once or twice, so it wasn't not a deal breaker at all. Battery life I mentioned is far up to five hours, and again you can even ask Siri how's how's the battery on my AirPods, and it will reply saying your AirPods are at eighty nine percent, whatever it happens to be. So uh, up to five hours, and again, that fast charging, 15 minutes of charge gets you three hours of playback. Now, the price, 229 bucks, And the reaction that when this was first announced from many people was, geez, they're expensive. Well, I quickly pointed out to these people who commented on Facebook, on my Facebook page, I said that there are actually wireless Bluetooth earphones on the market, so wireless to the device but had a cable running between the earpieces that were actually more expensive that were 2949299 that were way more expensive than the AirPods and what the, what Apple includes with the actual earpieces is that charging case so i think uh, at the end of the day you're getting quite a competitive price when you compare it to other wireless earphones on the market it is cheaper in fact than other wireless earphones on the market Apple's AirPods, two hundred and twenty-nine bucks. Uh, they are—they surprised me. Uh, their audio quality, design, of course, naturally from Apple is—you're going to get uh, pretty decent design there. Excellent sound quality, decent battery life as well. If you want to read our complete review of Apple's AirPods, you can check it out at TechGuide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. 
Next up on the podcast is a product from our sponsors, Netgear. I just want to get that out there, that this product is uh, the Orbi, which is from our sponsor, one of our sponsors, Netgear. Now, the Orbi system... Uh, and we have been talking about it uh, on on our on the podcast every every week. There's been an ad for Orbi on the Tech Guide podcast, and now I finally got my hands on it. It took a little while to get it. Uh, we set it up in our home, and basically, what the system is, it does offer a a system, a Wi-Fi system that is it's what they call a mesh network that has greater range and coverage and speed than a regular Wi-Fi network. And it can cover up to 370 square metres. Now, the average size of an Australian home I researched was 215 square metres. So 370 for nearly all of us is going to be plenty of range for our wireless connections. Now, the problem we've got today is that our Wi-Fi connection and it is handling so many devices and so many services. We're watching Netflix. We are we're playing games. We're on the net. We're online shopping. Uh, we've got everyone's got a phone, and a few of us have got tablets. Uh, there's a there's some smart appliances in the house as well that need a Wi-Fi connection. So the traffic on a normal dual band network tends to slow down the more devices that get on it. But the secret source for the Orbi is a dedicated third channel, a third band that allows it to keep its its uh, high speed. So it gives it not only its fast connection but also its range. Uh, so that additional network is a 1.7 gigabits per second, 5 gigahertz band. And that allows Orbi to reach all corners of your house. And I'm talking through walls and stairs and doors uh, to give you a more consistent coverage around your home. So how does it work? There's actually two parts to the Orbi system. There is a router that connects to your ISP's router. So the router that your, uh, the modem router that your internet service provider gave you, that will be connected directly to the Orbi router. So once that's connected, you then locate the second part of the system, which is the Orbi satellite. So the satellite is then placed in a central position in the home and connected to power, and then it talks back to the Orbi router creating this network now there are other routers on the on the on the market uh, and and they are a little hard to set up but when they are set up you've got a network name there's two different networks with all numbers and letters and stuff in it and it's a little bit confusing and a little bit hard to set up but what you get with Orbi is a single network name a single SSID one name no confusion and what adds to the ease of use is the Orbi app that walks you through the process. So once you've connected, it steps you through. Connect to the router, locate the satellite, turn them on, and then it steps you through altogether. So once the it establishes a connection, the this, the router that connects to the satellite, there's a, the network's created, you can then change your admin password. You can then go and create a different network name and network password. It steps you through this process in less than five minutes. 
it's the easiest setup of any wireless router I've ever had. And there were two parts to the network, don't forget, two parts to Orbi, the router and the satellite. I was able to connect both, rename the password on the admin, rename the network and password, and be up and running in less than five minutes. It's that easy thanks to that Orbi app. So this is really going to appeal to people who want that reliable network, wider range, uh, that goes to all corners of the house. Now, my, the range of my network, and there are some, I, there were some known black spots in my house, some known dead spots. So if I'm right at the front of my house, uh, out just outside of the, my front door up the driveway, it is hard to pick up the network. It might appear you've got a couple of bars, but you, and you think, oh, that's enough, and nothing works. The, you, you, there's not enough speed in the network for you to do it, not enough range in the network. But with Orbi, I got all the bars and I got the speed. I, I could watch a YouTube video at the top of my driveway, which is about 30 meters away from the where the router has been placed, from, uh, from the where the satellite has been placed. Now, I live in a two-story house, so upstairs in my bedroom, which is at the back of the top level, that is pro- probably diagonally opposite to the uh, router and a fair way away from the satellite as well. And yet I was had full signal, and was able to, again, stream Netflix and YouTube and, and, and call up sites really quickly, even in the bedroom where it, it tended to struggle before that. I even got as far as the backyard. So if you're sitting on your back deck or you've got a, by the pool, the Orbi network with 370 square meter range and coverage will even reach that far as well. So it ticks the boxes in terms of ease of setup, speed of the network, and that range the Orbi system is really impressive. Now, the price for the Orbi system, which includes the Orbi router and the Orbi satellite, is $749. Now, that is the price you pay. That is actually a reasonable price, considering what you're getting, this wide-ranging network, this fast network, and more importantly, this reliable network that's really easy to set up. The Netgear Orbi is 749 if you want to read our complete review you can check it out at techguide.com.au our last review for the week is from under armor now this is a very famous uh, fitness brand who is in the apparel industry it's in the shoe industry they make all kinds of products but they're also in the health the health and activity tracker business as well now the health box is a complete package of connected fitness devices there is a health, a tracker a band there's a heart rate monitor and there's also a connected wi-fi scale and they all come together to form this great ecosystem of course that they talk back to the uh, UA record app so that you can see every all the information that all of those things are collecting, you can see that in one place. So whether you want to lose a few, few kilos or you're an elite athlete who wants to train for an event, either one of those people can make use of this system because it, it provides that ultra-accurate information and the analysis behind it in the app to see how you're progressing. You can set your goals, whether it's your fitness goals or your weight goals, and this allows you to track it. Starting with the UA band, it's made from durable plastic. It's got a small display, connects to, you, to your smartphone, takes your heart rate, monitors your steps, even tracks your sleep, and all without you having to do anything. It tracks everything, uh, your activities, your sleep, without 
without you having to do a thing. It automatically detects all that stuff. Uh, and the only thing we had against it, the, the display was sometimes a little bit hard to read in bright sunlight, but uh, that's really not an issue. We think that's uh, uh, not, not, not too, that's not a deal, definitely not a deal breaker, but really handy, comfortable to wear, uh, and, and, uh, and really handy in gathering all that information automatically. Moving on to the scale, the UA scale. This is a circular scale created by HTC. Now, this is this connects to your Wi-Fi network. Uh, you can set different profiles. You can uh, and the profiles uh, can it can be several people using the scale, but it will know who is who. It'll automatically detect the person on the scale by their weight. So, if you obviously weigh a little bit more than your wife or your partner or a brother or sister, it will know who you are because it's closest. You'd be closest to the previous weight that it registered. So it automatically detects that. No need to scroll through different profiles. But the scale can also register body fat percentage. So uh, you get your weight, get your body fat percentage, and everything then syncs back to the app. So you can see how you're tracking, whether you want to lower your body fat level, increase, decrease your weight, things like that. The scale has got you covered. And seeing those numbers go down in terms of your, your body fat and your weight, uh, that's, that's going to be really motivating and keep people moving through this system. Uh, the UA heart rate monitor as well. That's a chest band that you wear. That's been proven to be the most accurate way to measure your pulse. So uh, that, again, connects to your devices. It's got Bluetooth, connects back to your app as well. So you can see complete picture of how of the sort of intensity of your training, and there are some there are different intensities required. Whether you want to uh, increase your fitness or lose weight, there are different intensities at which you need to train at. Hence the reason why you need to know your heart rate. It also measures resting heart rate too. The the band does that, uh, and, uh, and and registers that information within the app as well. Speaking of the app, the UA Record app, it does track. There are four pillars to this, so you can track your activities if you want to. If you want to uh, log your nutrition, your food, it can do that as well. It also look, takes a look at your sleep uh, and at your fitness. It also asks you how you feel, so you give it a score uh, out of 10. Uh, but there's so much information. So you can see back a week at a time at your progress. You can graph your information. And it is really pleasing if you are moving towards a goal to see those numbers moving in the right direction. And with so much information to choose from, from your heart rate monitor, from the scales, from the activity band, then it's a complete connected system to help you reach that goal level of health and fitness. The UA the Under Armour Health Box. It's 399 bucks, which is pretty good value when you consider if you were to buy just a band on its own. That could be about 200 bucks. A scale by itself, that, that's a couple of hundred there as well. Heart rate monitor, all, all together $399. That's pretty good value uh, and a small price to pay, I think, if, you want, if you've got your fitness goals, this can truly help you meet them. The Under Armour Health Box review, you can check that out at techguide.com. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. 
Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. A couple of quick Tech Guide Help Desk questions. The first question came from one of our readers saying that, I know you can run Windows on a Mac, on a MacBook, but can you run Android on an iPad? in a similar way? The answer to that is unfortunately not. Uh, It is pretty well known the fact you can run Windows, you can actually load Windows on a Mac, on a MacBook. So you can run the Windows operating system, whether it's uh, booted straight out of boot camp or uh, if you have an emulator, so you can go in and out of the Mac or Windows system. That is that exists, uh, but a reader said there is a sin. There's this one uh, Android app I wanted to use. It's uh, not available on iOS. I was just wondering if I could run Android on my iPad. Unfortunately, you can't. Uh, there's no other way to run anything but iOS on your iPad. Uh, the other question we had was, was from a reader who had an older TV, but was interested in using the subscription video on demand services like Stan, like Netflix, and like Amazon Prime Video. The answer to that, because they said their older TV is not a smart TV, uh, but the answer to that is yes, you can if you have a a connected device like a Blu-ray player or a set-top box. These often uh, give you the ability to connect wirelessly or with a cable to your network, and then that connection, then once it's connected to the TV, you can then see uh, on board, they often have the smart, uh, the smarts of a smart TV on board those devices, the set-top boxes uh, and the Blu-ray disc players, 4K players. So yes, you can access services like Netflix, Stan, and no doubt Amazon Prime Video will come as well, as long as, of course, that additional product, the set-top box or the Blu-ray disc player, are connected by either a cable or Wi-Fi to your network. Then once those devices are connected to your TV, you can see all of that great content. We've written about all of those subjects, including subscription video on-demand services and plenty of TVs at techguide.com.au. And that is our show. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or you can click on the Ask Stephen Fennec icon on Tech Guide and you'll come through to us. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And also a shout out to our other sponsor, Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. This is our last show of the year. It's been great having your support in 2016. We look forward to you joining us again early in the new year when we land in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. So until then have a happy christmas and remember to stay safe and stay connected